good morning good afternoon good evening welcome to today's episode of musings with jesus my name is shola i'm your host thank you for joining me i hope you're well i hope all is good with you in your world i hope you're great yeah um the year is coming to an end it's been a very it's been a really it's been a crazy year it's been a roller coaster year i think um economically in my country nigeria things have been it's been a bad and very tough year for people um politically (laughs) it's been oh lord i don't even want to talk about it but one thing that it has done for me two things actually one is it has made me realize the importance of christian values it has made me respect god's perspective of life and it has also made me more resolute to follow God now more than ever and it's amazing that it's taking me all this you know time of my life to get to this point before now I felt God a part of me felt God was just a killjoy <laughs> you know what I mean like why not it want us to do the things that are fun to do and I loved him but you know just like your parents you know you love your parents but then when they always do don't do this don't do that I mean you're like please let me breathe you know that kind of stuff that was sort of I had a bit of that I think when I was younger in the way I looked at God particularly when in some relationships, things that I wanted to do, you know, and God wouldn't want me to do. I was like, yeah, but oh, gosh, this is, you know, this is too much, you know, and all that. But now that I've become much older and I've seen and experienced life and I'm seeing what's happening around me, I now realize that God is actually the safe space. His perspective is the safe space. It is not intended to hurt me or to kill my joy or to stifle me it is actually to protect me and the funny thing is that a lot of what god advises us against he doesn't even he doesn't even as in he doesn't even really really the danger is far worse than what we can see that's 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 what i have come to realize and right now to me as far as i'm concerned i feel like the whole world has gone mad you know what i mean and the only place where I still find soundness of mind, of thought, is in the Bible. Why? Because it is unwavering. It is unwavering. So the Bible will not tell you um, on, in some, that, okay, it is good to lie, and that you should not lie, but under some conditions, it is, it's okay to lie. He will not tell you that it is okay to, 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 to kill. The New Testament will never ever tell you that. It will never tell you that it is, you know, the Bible is consistent about what is right and what is wrong. And even in the days of the Old Testament, when the Israelites were led into battle, whenever they went into battle without God's explicit um, how would I say, correct, um, guidance or whatever, it always turned out badly for them. But I'm a New Testament child. I can't even speak too much about to the Old Testament and the way things were done then. But as a Christian, wow, the New Testament is rock solid clear. So I, these days, I am just thankful to God for that. You know what I mean? The stability that the Bible gives me, that the Word of God gives me, that Jesus gives me, that the Holy Spirit gives me, 
the fact that they are not going to change for me, <laughs> I don't know. It's so reassuring because there is too much change, too much flip flop going on everywhere else. Nobody is consistent about what is right and what is wrong, and it's sad. It's sad because imagine if you were somebody you did something and you got really disciplined for it, and you accepted it because you felt okay. That's the law of the land, and then you see somebody else doing the same thing. And all of a sudden, they, 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 they change the application of the rule. And that's the funny thing. They don't change the rules, but they just misapply it for that other person. And then you realize that we're in an animal farm, which is like, you know, all animals are equal, but some are more equal than others. And this cuts across countries. I see this happen everywhere. I see it in developed world, undeveloped, developing nations like us, third world countries like us, you know. It happens everywhere. In fact, in many cases, the developed world is even worse. And if you happen to come from a minority group in those parts of the world, you know what I mean. In my country, Nigeria is terrible. It's just terrible. I mean, Nigeria is like as far as possible as it can be from a just society. It is such an inherently unjust society. Sometimes I feel ashamed of myself that I'm actually given the credence of a normal society by living in an orderly fashion you know what i mean or trying to live an orderly fashion i mean like i have a linked corporate linkedin page where i post things about my work and everything and i'm like anybody reading this on the surface will think i'm living in some orderly society whereas i'm just keeping all the nasty stuff off the pages you know like it's a and yeah because it can just consume you and yeah it's a corporate page it's not necessary but i think and this is my dilemma as a Christian. I think the fact that we sort of like try to carry on as though everything is normal when it's not, I, I'm not really sure that that is helping. And I'm not saying that all of us should like hit the streets and protest against certain things, you know, but I just, there must be an in-between, between just pretending as if everything is okay. And then by your continuing to live normally, giving credence and legitimacy to what should really not be you know what shouldn't everybody should really come out and say this is not this is this is wrong but anyway um because i think within the church there is a difference of opinion as to whether you know the police you know the role of the church in such things and whether let's just say that we have leaders that are in bed with the politicians so it's tough for the members of the church to take a different stand even though the congregation and the people of the congregation are being deeply hurt and damaged by the corruption and the carelessness and the nonchalance, nonchalance of the of the of the of the ruling class, political ruling class. But what has become clear to me, what is you know the image that is emerging? And by the way, I had no idea this was where I was going with this music, but I'm just going to go with the flow. What has become clear to me, or clearer to me, in the social political about the social political system in Nigeria is that there is one ruling class. And that there are many segments of that ruling class. And that what Nigeria has developed is a society where everybody that is, a top, is at the top of their game in their sector gets co-opted into that ruling class. And the, there are special privileges for people in that top of the top. You know what I mean? Like the 1% of the 1%. So, and I mean across board. So business elite, you are the richest in the business elite. You, 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 you automatically get a card into the ruling class. You are at the head of the police 
you are part of that ruling class. The judiciary, you're part of the ruling class. Politicians, you're part of the ruling class. And like I said, there are special privileges. You get away with murder, literally. This is not a metaphoric use of that word. You, you can do anything and get away with it. You can buy the police, you can buy the judiciary, you can do everything. Now, the, for the rest of the population, who is not the top at the top of the, one, the top 1% or the top um, 5 or 10% of their society or community or professional group or whatever, they will face a much harsher and unjust reality. They could be locked up without... You know, without charges, they could be detained for years without trial. They could be killed on the spot and nothing will happen. If I'm just thinking about it, I'm, I'm, I, I feel sick. So the question I ask myself is that, what is my role as a Christian? Is it to continue living my life and pretending as if I do not live in a wicked system? that really doesn't care. Is it right to leave the activism and the speaking up to the youth and to people who are not necessarily self-identifying as Christians, even though they may be? Is it, is it okay for Christians to take a back seat and allow others to do the heavy, lift, heavy lifting concerning societal transformation and change? Particularly, you know, this Nigerian society is very unjust and oppressive. And this is as a basic. Then there are the parts and the sections of Nigeria, which is the northern Nigeria, which is under the onslaught of Islamic fundamentalists and terrorists who attack Christians as well as Muslims. Now, before it was only Christians. But you know, violence doesn't have, you know, it's, it's not self-regulating. So, yeah, it has, they, they, they have so much impunity now that they would attack any community that is close to them. So even if it happens to be a Muslim community. But they do go out of their way to attack Christian communities. That's clear. But because they also attack Muslim communities, people then say, no, it's not religious. But no, when you see people living where they are to go into seminaries, into Christian schools, yes, you are, you are, atta- and you are Muslim. Yes, you are deliberately, and you've gone out of your way. These seminaries are not in the forest. They're not near to where you are. You have identified. We don't see you attacking mosques that way. We don't see you attacking Muslim schools that way. But yes, you do attack villages because you kidnap for ransom. So the Muslim communities that you attack is, is a survival thing. The Christian schools and churches and pastors that you kill is a religious fundamentalist thing. Both, both can coexist. And unfortunately, a lot of the Christian leaders in the South have chosen, particularly in the Pentecostal circles, I think the Orthodox churches traditional churches are more involved in you know in terms of what is going on in the northern part of nigeria but the christian mega churches the, i mean pentecostal churches so long as their pews are few are filled every sunday the money is coming in you know they, they are not really bothered what's happening which is sad so i pray i really pray i really pray for my nation nigeria because I know this is not God's will and um, I don't know how worse it can get and I think the situation what happened in Israel and also with Ukraine I guess has made me realize that 
Woe unto them that are at ease in Zion. You know, things can change for the worse quickly in the twinkle of an eye. And there is some kind of situation that will come upon a community, a nation, a people that no help will come. You know what I mean? And I think it's time I actually share my own position on the Israel and Gaza thing, which I have avoided for a very long time. Now, I recognize Israel as this. I know Israel for what it is, modern-day Israel. And I mean, the states, I don't mean the people. The states. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not going to go into the state of Israel. Is, I think they have a bit of a... I mean, they're surrounded by enemies, so they definitely have a siege complex. I think they are, you know, I think they, they have that. And I, I think that shows in the way in which they carry out them. Just generally how they relate and how they run the state. Um, I think the history makes it a bit difficult for it to be different. But I also know that if they had a, if they had a certain kind of leadership, they would walk the line better. As I think some leaders may, when you look at the um, the leaders, some are more, um, you know, more like hawks than others, you know, more bullish than others, you know. Um, but in this particular October 7 incident, I mean, when I saw the movie, um, the photo, the images of the Hamas paragliders gliding into the concert area and people at the concert young people men and women running being chased like chickens i'm sorry that was where they lost me i mean even if that's all they ever had me because that is straight flat out terrorism that has nothing to do with self-defense i live in a country that is ravaged by terrorism i know terrorism when i see it i think the people who are defending hamas and I'm not saying I'm I'm trying to draw a distinction between Hamas and the Palestinian people, and I think I should. Just like I would draw a distinction between terrorism in Nigeria and the people in Nigeria. But I do realize that there is also a there is overt and covert, and then there's tacit support for terrorism. We have that in Nigeria where people who are not terrorists are tacit supporters of terrorism, just on a sentimental level. And then there are those who are covert and overt supporters of terrorism and funders of terrorism and then they're the terrorists themselves and then there are people who are anti-terrorism yeah so all of that exists and we have in nigeria i think we have a lot of tacit support for terrorism but they claim not to be tacit but they are tacit because they they align with the values of the terrorists just that they do not align with the mode so in terms of yes we want to build a kingdom that is given to the practice of our faith yes they are 100% aligned on that and that any sort of you know other religions should not be tolerated they are aligned on that but while one is going about it in a military and a, you know terrorist way the other people are feeling well if we can do it to the organs of the state or any other way we can do it it's fine you know so there's tacit support even though they try to gaslight as though they don't have the, the, that exit but then there's also anti terrorism you know, within the, that faith, but they do not have as much of a voice, and some of them are just afraid to speak up. So for me, that whole what happened on October seven, and there is no nation. If anybody paraglides, shoots people out of the sky in Nigeria, I don't care what your his, the history is. I w- if the government decides they want to go all out, do you understand? As in, really, I studied international relations. You will be silly as a government to allow such a threat to exist within your borders yeah you have no business to be there although personally i believe that the president of israel should have resigned netanyahu because that was a failure on his part 
I believe that whatever it is that is happening now should have been led by some another Israeli leader, not him. He should have stepped down. But we know him for what he is. He's not going to do that. So for me, and I'm not talking Christianity now, as you know, I'm, I'm talking state politics and, and, and morality in a secular sense. The history of, you know, the whole Palestinian people and all of that, that's a separate thing. I think that the Hamas problem has to be dealt with. And I think there cannot be an honest conversation about the future of Palestine and the relationship with Israel until Hamas is, the Hamas problem is dealt with. And like I said, I'm, I speak from the perspective of someone who lives in a country ravaged by terrorism. And it's instructive to me that none of the Arab countries is jumping over themselves to expose their borders to Hamas, if you know what I mean. They want to support from afar because they know. They know better than everyone else what this kind of fundamentalism can do within a country. This, in Nigeria, the, the journey of militant fundamentalists started, I think, in two, almost 20 years ago. It's, it's a cancer that once it takes root, it is very difficult to get out. Very, very difficult even when there is political will. Unfortunately, in Nigeria, there is no political will. So blood has just become the currency that is spilled at will. And maybe that's why things are not really working in the country because we're just allowing blood to flow and nobody is standing to correct that. I am Honestly, I had no idea I was going to talk about this this morning, but like I said, I'm going with the flow. Maybe there's something the Lord is trying to tell me. I think over this Christmas, I need to just go into prayer for my nation, Nigeria, because I am confused. I don't think that Christians are supposed to just sit and be watching. I don't think so. Everywhere in the Bible, I see Christians. I mean, I see, you know, I see Isaiah praying for the nation of Israel. I see Christians, even in, in the New Testament, we're told to pray for nations. So I, I think maybe I need to pray more. But I also pray that what would God ask me to do? Because again, the Bible says faith without works is dead. So you don't stand, which is what I think Christians are doing. They're praying, they're praying, they're praying, but we're not doing anything. Whereas that's not how we handle every other thing in our lives. Professionally, family-wise, we pray and we do. We pray for wisdom and we do. We pray and we act. But when it comes to social political justice, we say we pray, we don't do anything. Why do we have that difference for that when in other things we do? We don't just sit and allow God to do his thing. Why is it on nation building that we take the back seat? But when it's church building, when it is household building, family building, career building, ah, we are very in the forefront. But all of a sudden, nation building has this, oh no, I don't want to get involved, let the politicians handle it. But if the politicians ever turn their radar against the church, all of a sudden, then nation, you, you then get involved in that piece of legislation because it affects you these things ought not to be it's wrong it's wrong it's wrong it's wrong i mean you can't convince me so anyways i'm going to leave it here and apologies if this is something that you know doesn't you know doesn't resonate with you i believe i believe that god will, will bring the people that this is intended for but i just think that christianity and it's not just about thinking i i jesus came to transform lives he said let your light so shine that people will see your good works and give glory to God in heaven. Good works are good works. He talked about the, the Samaritan who saw somebody who had been unjustly treated. And he went and he tried to make things better for that man who had been robbed. 
Jesus did not tell Christians to be able to look away from evil. You know what I mean? Really? I don't, I don't, I, I, this is not Christian-like. We are not. We are not supposed to do that. And Jesus said it even at the end of in that Bible when he says, I was in prison, you visited me, I was sick, you gave me, and you know, you, 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 I was hungry, you gave me food. And then Jesus said, people were like, oh, when did we do, do that? He said, well, as long as you didn't do it for other people, you didn't do it for me. So when Jesus is concerned, it's not even, not just the evil that you did to others, but also the good that you withheld from those who needed it. Okay, so the Lord is speaking to me now. And I think we don't talk enough about these things. I'll leave it there for now. Thank you very much for listening. God bless you. Stay lifted and have a wonderful day in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.